Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi everyone, welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 46. I am Megan Carranza, thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. If you have been listening, thank you so much and thank you for coming on back and supporting the pod. If you are enjoying listening to the podcast, please, if you would be so kind to leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts, but you can leave a review anywhere you listen to the pod. I would be so grateful. It really does help people to find the show. And again, I just have to say thank you so much to everyone who has reached out and sent messages or emails. I just love hearing from you guys. And I feel like every week this little community is growing more and more and it just it really warms my heart uh today's episode is really exciting my guest is rebecca higby she is an autism mom times two she has two sons that are on the spectrum and we'll kind of get into it in the episode but they're very different as no two people with autism are the same. Um, So it's really interesting to hear her story from the perspective of a mom with two children on the spectrum. And then also she works as a floor time therapist, which I, before I spoke to Rebecca, I really did not know much about floor time. I had heard of it, but it is not something, at least for me, that I thought was readily available or a lot of information was out there. So it was really nice to get some more info from Rebecca and just hear all about the benefits of floor time. She's very passionate about it, which is awesome. And then very cool. Rebecca and her husband are yo-yo performers. Didn't know that was a thing either, but you know, (laughs) you learn something new every day. So we talk about that too, which is very cool. Um, So without further ado, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Megan. Hi, welcome to Adventures in Autism. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. So Rebecca had reached out to me a while back. Um, as a listener and I was just very intrigued by her story and I was like "Ooh, I have got to get this girl on the pod because (laughs) you have two sons on the spectrum and then you yourself are a floor time therapist which you and I were just kind of chatting before we started I have heard of floor time therapy but I am not very familiar with it we never did that for Logan Um, so I'm really excited to hear more about that today but if you will kind of like take us back to the beginning of your your autism journey and like where things started for you I'd love to hear yeah sure um so back in college I got a degree in child development and a teaching degree um, for elementary school then my path changed after I finished college and I met my husband who's a professional (laughs) yo-yoer so cool (laughs) He's a performer, and so he does, like, a full – he was doing a full show um, with yo-yo tricks and, like, comedy and music. So I ended up taking that path and becoming a performer. 
Um, and so we did that. We went to 26 different countries, just doing our show all over the place for different festivals and corporate events and cruise ships. Okay, I just have to ask, how does one become a professional yo-yoer? <laughs> <laughs> there aren't too many out there. I can um... imagine. Yeah, it's a pretty unique career choice. I love it. <laughs> Um, there's lots of yo-yo demonstrators, but not a whole bunch of like performers that do like Mm -hmm. a show. Um, so yeah, so we were just doing that. And then, um, I just joined the show because there's yo-yos all over the house and it was pretty easy to (laughs) learn how to yo-yo. Do you like know how, cause I, I mean, I, I don't really know how to yo-yo. Did he have to like teach you how to yo-yo? Yeah. I didn't know how to do it at all. Oh my God. (laughs) Crazy. And you just picked it up. Well, because teaching is so much like performing, and I always wanted to be a performer, so it was just a very natural progression. Okay, gotcha. Um, That's very and cool. Then, I love that you guys did it together too. If I work with my husband like that, I we might kill each other. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually really enjoy it. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. So then we decided to have a baby, and mm-hmm. all that was fine. And we were like, okay, so. Like the plan was we have the baby, of course, you know, plans. (laughs) you think you can plan. Um, So (laughs) it's like, okay, I have a teaching certificate. We're on the road. Like, we're just going to be like on the road with our little one and I can just homeschool him and we can keep traveling, keep performing. That sounds like a good plan. Right? I know. (laughs) Great plan. Yes. Uh-huh. So for the first several years, so we had Theodore in 2009, um, so he's 10 now, mm-hmm. and we took him on the road. Like, he flew with us, He um, we drove cross-country with him, he would just go to shows, and as long as he had a Matchbox car, and he could sit there and play with the wheels, mm-hmm. he was good to just, like, sit through the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, totally, like, interactive with us speech was delayed walking's delayed but to be honest we weren't around a whole lot of other kids mm-hmm. and I mean we were coming home and you know he's going to the pediatrician and all that um but we just definitely missed some signs mm-hmm. um but we're hanging out with other performers and he's just like fine with them just they think he's great I'm like mm-hmm. well, speech is kind of delayed but they're like whatever he's great you know <laughs> so the fact that um, he was so adaptable though to be like traveling with you and going to the shows and I mean I, like needed the matchbox car to to kind of keep occupied but still as, as like a little kid that I mean that to me like that's pretty impressive so I can see why you know maybe the other things were overlooked because you probably were thinking like oh this is such a great little kid yeah and like I had worked with autistic kids in college but it was just a lot more severe it was a lot more like completely nonverbal or like you know just my as a lot of us who you know we're sort of introduced to autism through our Mm -hmm. own kids Mm -hmm. um you sort of realize like oh this looks different yeah so we came back from some one of our big tours we were out west and um drove back home we live in massachusetts and so he had a friend over and i'm like his friend's talking a lot more than he is he actually answers his dad when his dad asks him stuff like Mm -hmm. it's funny and Theodore could recite all the lines from all these Bugs Bunny cartoons and I mean like pretty complicated words he had (laughs) no idea what he was saying but um you know and how old was he at this point 
Oh, so he's like three, three and a half. Okay. And um, so he could just do these lines and be like, exit our hero, stage left. But then I would be like, <laughs> Theodore, what do you want for lunch? And it was just silence. Mm-hmm. And so I Googled kid repeats lines from television. And, mm-hmm. you know, the screen just lit up with autism, yeah. autism, Asperger's, Asperger's. And I'm like, oh, and, you know, tears. And then my yeah. husband comes home and I'm like, oh, I think he has autism. How did we not see it? Um, so then it was sort of like everything sort of like snapped into action at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's too old for early intervention so you know we took him mm-hmm. to the pediatrician and they're like um, just go through the school district and then we thought the school district's assessment was his diagnosis and so you know they assessed him and said yes you know um, mm-hmm. he's definitely showing signs of it and also one of the psychologists said I can't believe you didn't see this which really, oh. <laughs> like to this That's... day, I'm like, oh, that was just like a stab in the heart. That is like so unfortunate that somebody would use that kind of language with you. Because I mean, like you said, yeah, looking back, you can see things. But like, that's that's really nobody's opinion to judge. It's really that because all that matters is that at least at that point, you were taking the steps to move forward and to help your son. Mm-hmm. um that grinds my gears <laughs> I know right like to this yes. day I'm like and yeah. now like I do therapy myself and I just like I share that story because I'm like just any parents who missed signs for so long like it's okay like mm-hmm. you know you catch mm-hmm. it when you catch it it's not like I've had so many parents say like this is a marathon it's not yeah. like this sprint before they're three and like you have to get all these things done before they're three and then it's like <laughs> You know, it's a marathon. It's you're so working true. on stuff like their whole life. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I because I, I even I think about that a lot, too, because I mean, Logan was four before he was diagnosed. And we really we started the process when he was like three, three and a half. But it was such a long wait list. And just like the mm-hmm. paper leading up to it, we were on like an eight month wait list. So it took forever to just like actually get him in the door to get him diagnosed. But then once he was diagnosed and he was four, I totally had those feelings of like, you know, oh my gosh, like we, and the thing is I was really scared to do ABA because I thought it was going to like take over our lives. And I, you know, heard all these like negative things about it. And I was just believing them, not knowing that ABA has actually been like a lifesaver for us and has Mm -hmm. really given Logan, it's given him such a better quality of life. Had I known these things, I would have been, you know, pounding on the door to do the the assessment sooner to get him evaluated and and have a diagnosis but you don't Mm -hmm. know what you don't know and yeah like I said I think as long as once once you have that information and going forward you you have that game plan and you just do the best you can to help your kid and get them whatever services you can I think that should be the focus not you know the shoulda coulda wouldas you know yeah yeah totally so, okay, so yeah. you, then you, you had him diagnosed and did you guys, did you start therapy right away or what did that look like for you? Like we didn't know anything. So yeah. <laughs> I like, I feel so much more informed now and there's, I don't know, there's just so much more info out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we enrolled him in preschool and then, so he was getting speech through the school mm-hmm. and then we um, enrolled him in private speech 
Um, he was talking, but it was definitely delayed mm-hmm. um, and definitely, you know, not real functional, like not answering okay. questions and um, more of the scripting. Lots of scripting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we got a formal diagnosis, but then everything we did was just through the school or through um, the private speech. Like he to this day has never had any home services. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I don't even, (laughs) it's just kind of like worked out that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Meanwhile, like he loves being on stage and performing and still going with us and traveling. So we're still doing that. So you guys still do travel and perform? Um, Yes. So I should say we had a second son um, in 2015. (laughs) Um, So the, the other thing with Theodore, he was just, just, we didn't know about melatonin. It's just like we didn't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> and so he was just such a rough sleeper. I mean, mm-hmm. like when he was a baby, he'd wake up like every 15 minutes. It was oh, just, gosh. yeah, it was really rough. So mm-hmm. that is why there's a six-year difference between our kids. You because, needed some time. <laughs> yes. Once he finally started sleeping through the night, I was like, okay, I need like years of this before we like start all over. Totally. Um <laughs> So then we had our second son in um, 2015. And from the day he was born, like just because it was another boy and I knew mm-hmm. autism runs in families, mm-hmm. like I, I brought, so his name's Apollo and he's four mm-hmm. now. Um, but I brought him to the pediatrician, just like, you know, like the first visit that you do, like as soon as you have them, it's like, mm-hmm. he's only like two or three days old. Yeah. And I bring him in and I'm just like, listen, his brother has autism. Like I am just on high alert. Yeah. So like, Mm -hmm. just we're looking out for it. Like, Mm -hmm. and so he's like, what are you talking about? He's, you know, he's perfect. He's two days old. Yeah. Like, okay. But (laughs) we're still, so like going into it, like with the second one is just so much easier, even though, you know, we didn't know if he was going to have it or not for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was just like, I knew the signs now. And um, Mm -hmm. so it wasn't until one day we have a whiteboard in our house with, Mm -hmm. you know, dry erase markers. Yeah. And he was, Apollo was drawing on the whiteboard and he like made a line and then he put his face really close to the whiteboard and like turned his head sideways. So he's doing like a side eye stare at it, like Uh really close. And as soon as I saw him do that, this was like, I don't know. It's maybe like he could stand up but not walk yet. So he was okay. maybe like 12 months old or so. Right. As soon as I saw him do that, I was like, autism. He has it. Like, really? let's get everything in motion. Yeah. Cause I just, I knew that like side eye thing. And so I just said something. My husband's name is John. And so I was just like, John, the, <laughs> I just saw it. And then like I took him to the playground later that day and he was running. Um, there's a bunch of ramps with like, you know railings and so he's running but looking sideways the whole time while he's running I'm just like that's oh, so, so this was interesting because I haven't even heard from like I, I didn't realize like the the side eye thing was like a thing <laughs> but was yeah. it just like mother's <laughs> intuition that gave that to you yeah and I just was like on high alert anyway yeah. for like right. anything looking slightly autistic I was okay. just like mm-hmm. so and I forget because if he was running at the playground now it's like so long ago I always forget like the time the memories blur I understand yes (laughs) 
<laughs> so we got him like in and still like the um you know the pediatrician is like I don't know like maybe we could wait a little longer and I'm like no like yeah let's get this started but still it was like the long wait to get him assessed by EI and then I thought the EI assessment could start getting him autism services but mm-hmm. they're like no you need the formal diagnosis from like ah oh, I wish I'd known that so then you know scheduling that so he probably started um some in-home services bef- right before he was two okay um and so that's where like the ABA versus floor time thing co- comes in because yeah um yeah so when Theodore was little and he had, um, you know, been too old for EI. Right. I just, they age out. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just looked up like, okay, treatments. And it was like ABA. So I got an ABA book and it was just like so overwhelming. I yeah. just didn't even know where to begin. Mm-hmm. But then I just, I don't even know how I find it. It was like the library or Amazon or something. And I just saw the title Engaging Autism. Mm-hmm. And it's by Stanley Greenspan, Serena Weeder. And so mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay. So I just read that book when Theodore is back, you know, when he's three. Um, and so I was just like, oh, this is like, this makes sense. Okay. I think I can like do this. So I just kind of like read through that whole book and was like, I'm going to do this with him. And so I with, would just like, like principles of ABA. No, so the Engaging Autism book is actually like a floor time. Okay, it's floor time. Manual. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, no. I was just curious. Okay, so you you were like kind of clued into floor time with Theodore, but it was more you were just doing the floor time with him. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, good for yep. you. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's like I thought I had no choice. So I was just like, okay, I got to do this because okay. like, I was ready to, you know, like homeschool him so I was just like okay it's up to me like I've got to like yeah take control of this um and so I knew about that and had done it with him and it was like and I can get into what it is versus ABA in a minute yeah um but so when Apollo was diagnosed they gave us sort of the options of okay here's some ABA people and here's some there's one floor time um company that will be covered by your insurance Mm -hmm. Um, And we have like the Massachusetts state insurance here because we're just independent self-employed artists. So Mm -hmm. like we're just really lucky. Our state has had, you know, just um, state insurance for a while. Gotcha. So they would cover ABA or floor time. And so I had a couple, you know, people come in and the floor time woman came in and she was I was sort of like, you know what? You don't even have to give me like your spiel, like. I'm in like, yeah, I, I've like read the book. I, she's trying to describe it. I'm like, no, like I want you guys, mm-hmm. but she's like, there's, you know, several month wait period. Okay. Of course with everything. Right. Right. It's always a way. <laughs> so, but the ABA could start right away. So I was sort of like, okay, well, and they, I just feel like when the kiddos get diagnosed, the, not all, but a lot of, the psychologists will really say ABA is the gold standard. Mm-hmm. Got to do ABA. It's got to be this many hours. And it's just like the oh, hours, yeah. the hours. Mm-hmm. So it was like. That's what scared me. Because it was like. Right? They were basically telling me, you know, oh, you, that your your four-year-old needs 40 hours a week of therapy. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually, I should say that wasn't even like what that was more so like when I was like looking into ABA, what I was finding when we actually did get started, it was, it was nothing like that, which I mean, I, I've talked about it so many times before, but I mean, right. I, I think that there is a lot of misconceptions about ABA. And I think that's one of them is that mm-hmm. like, yes, it is time intensive. That's part of the program, but mm-hmm. no, it does not have to be 40 hours a week of therapy where your kid is like exhausted and they're just like drilling it into him. It doesn't have to be like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, I'd heard from the psychologist, like the hours, the hours. And so yeah. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like I really want um, floor time, but you know, I'm going to go with these guys for now since you have a waiting list. And, right. You know, so we started with um, ABA, which was going fine. So I'm just to sort of explain Apollo is diagnosed as moderate to severe. Um, at that point, he didn't really have any language he'd had a few words and lost them um he was making some very like pre-verbal sounds like um you know like first letters of words mm-hmm. um so they were really pushing the pecs thing yeah and um I was just sort of like I don't I don't know like he seems like so he was having a speech therapist over and some days it would be the same day so like the speech therapist would come in the morning and she'd do bubbles with him because all kids love bubbles of course and um (laughs) so he'd be like looking at her and she'd be getting him to sign more and he'd be doing the mmm sound and they're like sharing this moment and then ABA would come over and just be pushing the pecs thing where it's and, and I know it's like at the beginning it looks totally different than what it turns into mm-hmm. but just what I saw of like okay we have to sort of ignore him and he puts this thing in our hand and I'm sort of like can you just explain it one more time because I'm just I know like- <laughs> <laughs> no it definitely it can be confusing for sure because I feel like that is one thing with ABA is it's like there there's a lot of um like there's a process that you have to follow with everything. And like you said, in the beginning of it, it doesn't always make sense, especially when the kiddo is first kind of getting used to it. And then it all starts to make sense, but at least in the beginning. And I think for like, I mean, it's different for everybody, but that can be tough for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was just like, I kept questioning it and I was like, I don't know. And then the floor time company after several weeks, I forget what the wait time was now. Um, they had an opening so they had mm-hmm. um they actually first started sending one of their what they call a case coordinator which is sort of like a bcba right um, she would come over and just like help train me so even though they didn't have like they call it autism specialist with the, that floor time company mm-hmm. um since they didn't have a specialist they would just have um her come over um the case coordinator and just sort of like train me on like how can I work with him? That's great. Um, so yeah, so then they finally had a specialist. And so when they started working with him, again, it would be like ABA in the morning, floor time in the afternoon. So I could just sit there and like watch it play out. And I'm mm-hmm. like, just feel lucky that I had the option to like see the two kind of mm-hmm. like side by side. Mm-hmm. And again, like every kid is different. And like, but just for our kid, seeing how he was during and after ABA and seeing him during and after floor time was like, oh my God, the floor time is just like, he's making all these sounds after he's like, so excited. He's, Mm -hmm. I was just like, 
I want more floor time hours. Like this yeah. just, it really speaks to me as a parent. It just is like making him blossom. Like I was totally open to ABA and like, mm-hmm. and a lot of parents go with both. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you can do both. You don't have to pick one or the other. Yeah. Um, and so really, really resonated with you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. was like totally resonating with him. Cause like, as soon as his specialist would leave, he'd just be like chatting up a storm. Like, I mean, it Amazing. was like babbling, but it was like, whoa, he's like, the wheels are turning. Like, yeah, it was just like, he wants to talk. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. it was just sort of like, it was just seeing that, that I was sort of like, okay. And then like, the floor time they had another person and another and they were like do you want more hours and so I kept like cutting back ABA and I'm like and they're like you really can't keep cutting back the hours you know you gotta like he has to have a certain number of hours right with our company mm-hmm. and so I was just like okay I guess I'm not using your company anymore <laughs> like it just sort of like happened that way mm-hmm. so I wasn't like oh ABA is awful you know I wasn't like I was totally giving them both like a shot in my own living room and sort of like watching it unfold in a way. Mm-hmm. And you were um, just seeing more progress with the floor time. Yeah, totally. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so um, the ABA, so he just started doing um, floor time, but he was also getting OT and speech um, and going to like a play group kind okay. of thing. Um, and so like the main difference, like, because the floor time versus ABA, because a lot of it, it is like so broad and it's always so different for all different kids. Right. Um, But like the main thing was probably like they would always follow his lead, at least to begin with. Um, So that's like one of the main things. It's just like they're always doing something. So even if you see a kiddo staring out the window, you see a kid like my kid loved to run up and down the hallway and look sideways at the lines on the wall. Mm-hmm. Like they're always doing something and like not saying like, Oh, he's just doing his like stimming thing. Like let him be, or sort of like passively trying to like do the same thing they're doing. It was like super high affect. Like they were just like super psyched to be there. Like they just wanted to be like his best friend basically. Mm-hmm. And so it's very like deceiving at first because you're like, it really just seems like they're just playing with them. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is not therapy. They're just like having a like good old time and they're all laughing. Mm-hmm. But like they would really start. So my son loves to chase. Like he mm-hmm. just wants to run all over the house. He's a sensory seeker. He loves to crash onto the couch, crash onto the bed, mm-hmm. um, be jumped, flips upside down. Like that is his thing yeah so like and so he had his first specialist was a a man which is rare right having like someone come (laughs) over we have a Um, therapist too so I get that oh yeah Yeah. I know right Mm -hmm. he's great we love him nice yeah yeah so he they would just chase so it was like Apollo wanted to run and chase and so they were going to run and chase because like the relationship is like number one yeah just like they just they spend weeks just building that relationship so it's like I like value what you're doing I see what you're doing I'm doing it too and we're having a great time and like so it was just so cool to see that so you just like dive right into their world right 
and like it's really cool to see kiddos sort of like because at first you're like joining them and they're like what are you doing like the running along the wall thing like I'd be running with him running with him and he'd just be like what are you doing like get out of my my thing (laughs) yeah totally yeah um or for like the chase game they would just like he loved the chase and so at first it was like he would just be like pushing on his specialist back like go you know because mm-hmm. he would chase but then he would just stop you know and mm-hmm. he's like Apollo is so motivated to get him to keep chasing because they would just he, you know he had like the gleam in the eye that's the other right. thing floor time is always looking for is just like that gleam in the eye mm-hmm. of just like this kid is super excited to be with you and like he'll do whatever you want basically because like you are so fun yeah um, <laughs> so he would get behind him and just like push his back and like and so then it was just sort of like this slow thing of like no like okay let's pull him by the hand because that's more functional than trying to push him off the couch okay let's Mm -hmm. take his hand and pull him by the hand okay let's let's wave him over like you know so kind of like motioning with your hand saying come on come on or like go go chase and so it was just like they would really like amp it up and then pause and then mm-hmm. amp it up again and then pause. And so it was just sort of like the skill building. And they're both like sweating. <laughs> you know, <it's> like <laughs> working summer. Mm-hmm. But he's just getting like all this functional language. And a lot of it, like in floor time, we tend to see that um, a lot of the first words and like kids who are just starting to talk end up being verbs versus nouns. Mm-hmm. So like action words like go, so yeah, like, ready, set, and then you know wait, 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 wait for them to maybe make some sort of vocalization or anything or like a sign. Um, and so just seeing that was like okay, I'm in. Yeah, um. it sounds like I mean I'm not like I said I'm really not familiar, but it it almost sounds like a combo of like OT and ABA. Because mm-hmm. I feel like those are things that, that I've seen Logan do with both, like, his, his occupational therapist and his, his ABA therapist. But, like, yeah, I can see where, like, the combination of the two, especially for, like, younger kids, would be really engaging. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, like, you need to build that really. And I think any therapy needs to do that. Like, the the early start of it really should just be, you know, building that relationship between mm-hmm. the, the child and the therapist. Um, but I can totally see where, like you said, like starting with, okay, like, yeah, pushing someone to do something not super functional, but like, yeah, taking their hand or calling them over. Like, I can see where those things would, would end up being like really useful and functional and Mm -hmm. really, really positive for him. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's amazing. Now, are there actual like programs they run in therapy too, or is it really just like playing and then using that play to like make more functional skills so it's actually like really structured okay it's like it's really funny how it looks like Uh even though I had like read the whole book I was still like oh they're just playing you know (laughs) (laughs) no no I I know what you mean yeah (laughs) yeah like they hide it so well Mm -hmm. but I mean like there are like significant milestones so like floor time like they sort of go by like milestones of like engagement and um, what do I want to call it? Like functional communication. Okay. So like 
the first milestone is just being able to stay regulated and to like have interest in the world. So like, that's huge. We would all, yeah. <laughs> Cause like, <laughs> yeah. What use is all your language if you're not interested in people or you're not, mm-hmm. you know, or you can't stay regulated if something just goes slightly wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of like the main like baseline. Um, and then from there, it was like the second one, it was just like relationships. So it's like, the ability to like form attachments and just like engage in social relationships like that's sort of like the heart of floor time because Mm -hmm. if you get that relationship they become a really good learner yeah um yeah so then from there it's like the ability to engage in like two-way interactions and then it's like complex problem solving and so then it sort of like goes up from there but okay um, I like using the word engage because I feel like engagement is like such a a huge piece of the puzzle with autism because I Mm. feel like like especially with Logan like I'll you know he'll play with other kids but he's not necessarily like engaged with other kids or he'll even like with his toys he'll he'll play with his toys but he's not like super invested or engaged with his toys so I love that it's like the engagement is like such a focus right yeah yeah so like so then I ended up working for the company because I was like such a fan and I was like I could do this like because yeah. I'm a performer too and it's like sometimes a lot of floor time is just like performing uh-huh. um, but w- like there's definitely so then they once the relationship like the first couple weeks it's sort of like you know reading the kid and okay what does he like what is he not like then there's goals so we have like goals so Apollo had goals written out and it was like I mean at that point it was like you know copies oral movements so like a ooh, like he would make that too mm-hmm. but it would be like it would all be kind of like <laughs> sneaky like within the play okay so they wouldn't just like stop running and be like apollo go ooh, mm-hmm. where like aba was doing that or they would be like apollo like put your arms up and mm-hmm. sort of be like what like it was so out of context mm-hmm. where like they would be like running down the hall and then be like yeah we jumped on the bed woo!" and like would put their okay. arms up and then he would just naturally copy them because gotcha. he's the, the word again so engaged that he's yeah. just naturally copying them yeah um so yeah so I started um once he well towards the end of when he was about to age out when he was three I started working for the company um mm-hmm. because I was just home more and not performing as much just because two kids in school you can't quite travel the way you used to right um (laughs) that's what I was wondering when I was like oh you still perform because that would be quite a feat (laughs) we do it's just more like weekends and gotcha um, the summer is pretty busy okay so you're gearing up for that I'm sure yeah um so that so you you said something I know you had mentioned this to me earlier too so is floor time like is it only until age three or is it just like that's when you had coverage till like how exactly does that work yeah so it's a lifelong thing sort of like ABA it's just Mm -hmm. like a alternative method the only for some since it's a newer um, type of therapy it's only covered in Massachusetts by Mass Health which is sort of like our state um, insurance until age three gotcha okay it's crazy, but that's just yeah. where, <laughs> where we're at. But, but there then, are different modules that you could use with like older kids also. 
yeah totally module walls, but like different programs I should say I don't know the right the right verbiage <laughs> yeah <laughs> so once your kids aged out then and you were you know uh, doing floor time yourself were you able to implement that with them like on their own or on, on your own I should say yes and no I mean I would get I would just like give so much to the kids during the day that I would like come home at night and be like, I cannot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it's so hard too, because I feel like your kids, as much as you want to work with them and help them, I, I can get like a small fraction out of Logan that his teachers and therapists can get from him. Cause it's like, they just, he so sees me in that role of like mom right so it's like kind of like when you were saying like when you were first kind of starting with him and he'd be like what are you doing running with me like I feel like that's like Logan kind of what are you trying to do right (laughs) I can I mean I can like read books with him and have him like point things out to me and like sometimes get away with more like like kind of like therapy type things but so much of the time he's just like um no I already did all this stuff so (laughs) I'm not working for you too right he just wants to like hang out which I totally get yeah (laughs) well and like that's where the um the parent training part of floor time too like she would just be like okay what like you're already doing something with him like as a parent how can we like get him talking more while you're doing something like when does he talk the most mm-hmm. and I was like definitely during bath time oh okay so she's like okay great so like I'm gonna have you focus on bath time and you're gonna try to like you know just like Cause it's like the sensory experience. And so yeah. like, uh-huh. um, so just a lot of OT goes into floor time too. We're a lot of like wannabe OT therapists. That's what I was saying. Um, it sounds so much like, cause when Logan does OT a lot, which they kind of work a little bit that into ABA also. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's like, we would do a lot of when Logan was really little and we first started with OT, like she would bring over that big like yoga ball and uh-huh. She would like roll him on the ball and kind of do like that ready set and wait for him to make any sort of a go sound. Now we do it um, like right now, like the weather's getting nicer finally. So we'll take him out on the swings outside during ABA and mm-hmm. we'll kind of like pull him back and do like the ready set and wait for him to say go before we mm-hmm. kind of launch the swing. Um, so yeah, when you were saying that, I was like, oh, this definitely has some OT principles for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so with the the bath time thing, like that ended up being just like, that's when he said his first full sentence, he was sitting in the bath. And it was just oh like, God. yeah, because she would just be like, okay, like, you know, like get lotion on him, like after the bath, and you're just face to face. And like, um, you know, she was just really like coaching me through how to like, really engage him while he's already like, you know, just getting his sensory input that he needs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's his first full sentence he ever said was, I want a bubble hat because he loves getting a bo- like bubbles, you know, from the bubble bath and then like putting it on his head. That's looking amazing. At himself. Oh my gosh. That's and so, so yeah, at that point I'm like working for the floor time company. So like the woman who was his case coordinator I'm like guess what he said his first sentence and it was in the bath just like oh, he said you know so that's that was amazing. awesome oh my gosh so is he still doing floor time now it's just like I'm assuming like out of pocket for you guys no it's crazy expensive so I'm just doing it with him okay <laughs> which gotcha. like, again is okay. like so difficult as a parent because it's so easy going to someone else's house and you have nothing else to do but 
play with their kids oh versus totally. <laughs> you're yeah. in your own house no i used to be a nanny and i think about like all the things that i would do with those kids and like the games and just playing and make believe and i'm like my poor kids get like a fraction of that because it's like when it's yeah. when it's not your kids and you're like in somebody else's face and obviously i was getting paid to be there too it's like you know, you're just right. like so far willing to do stuff but what, yeah with my own kids i'm like i need to drink more coffee like i just like yeah you have to like force yourself to do those things it sounds so terrible but it's so true right so just like who just just floor therapy with you or is he doing aba or any other kind of services oh yeah so he does so Massachusetts will cover ABA after age three. Okay. So he is with another company now and okay. it's good. <laughs> Are, do you see a difference between like when you first started ABA? Like, do you feel like it's just like a better fit for you guys or it's still not like quite what you're hoping for? Um, It's like, they're like working on great like skills with him. Like they helped mm-hmm. him potty train and you know, yeah. They're just helping him like take turns and stuff but it's just the like when they have the token board and like you get a break he's mm-hmm. just like what are you talking about like he there <laughs> and they have this problem at his preschool too they're like we can't find a reward for him and i'm like <laughs> he's a floor time kid he does he never got rewards like if you mm-hmm. could like toss him into a beanbag chair like that would be a reward or like <laughs> could that be a reward because like logan's reward will be we have a little trampoline and it'll be like he gets to go jump on the trampoline yeah uh, totally. you know like stuff like that like more kind of like like are they what kind of reward are they looking for it's just something that's like small and quiet and food or like a toy or something oh, but God. like he okay. doesn't want any of that like yeah <laughs> yeah can't they give him like d- just more of like the sensory input as a reward I guess I don't know. I think so, a lot. I think ABA really does depend on like who you work with because I feel like, and especially having talked to so many other parents too, it seems like there there's. I feel like ABA is definitely shifting in the right direction, but it seems like there is still a lot of like kind of old school sort of like principles of ABA that like we. I think we still need to kind of shake up a little bit because there's some people that I talk to mm-hmm. that were yeah like it is it is still a little bit like stiff and rigid in that way. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we've been really lucky because we just haven't encountered anything like that. Like if it's, if there's something that, that Logan, like how you were saying, like they kind of meet him where he is with floor time. That's always mm-hmm. sort of how we've done ABA too. Like when, it, when they first come over, like they sort of wait to see what Logan is interested, like in their bag of tricks or whatever we have also. And mm-hmm. then we kind of go from there. Um, but I think right. it's, so like it's so individual because there's so many different ABA companies and then inside of that there's so many different BCBAs and like like therapists on the team and it's like it has to they all have to really click into motion for mm-hmm. to work and like be kind of like a smooth vehicle right yeah which that can be really hard in itself yeah <laughs> for sure no but it's it's going it's going fine and like the one other thing I forgot to say about floor time is like the other like thing that they're always trying to do is try to get circles of communication. Mm-hmm. So that just means like back and forth. So that can be like the kiddo wants to jump. So it's like, they're like looking at you, they have their arms outstretched, like, you know, maybe they're signing more. And so then it's like the jumping and then the pause. And then it's like, will they reinitiate? So you're like kind of waiting for them to reinitiate and like, so the circles of communication, whether like verbal or nonverbal, is also like that's always in kids' goals in floor yeah. time. Mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. it's just like the natural back and forth whether there's words or not mm-hmm. um, and then like coordinating like eye gaze with a gesture and like but you know they've turned their shoulders towards you while they're saying a word like trying to like organize all of those together too mm-hmm. um, is like a big part um, and so yeah I've actually just been trying to do more floor time with Apollo and I've mm-hmm. like, I really have to be like okay 15 minutes I'm not gonna look at my phone I'm not gonna like yeah <laughs> I'm just gonna like and he will like total if I haven't done it in a week or two like and try to join him you know because he has some if he watches me play with toys then he will often model that and then yeah or copy it and then he'll like add one little thing and I'm like yes like oh. with a dollhouse or something yeah um and so That's- yeah like if I haven't done it in a couple of weeks he'll sort of like block me out and be like nope like I'm just having this little character like go mm-hmm. use the potty and go upstairs and lie down and go to bed and like I'm gonna do that over and over mm-hmm. um <laughs> But, like, if I can really get in there and, like, you have to, like, amp up the um, the affect. And, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, sometimes when we worked in daycares, like, they thought we were crazy. Because we're just, like, <laughs> really, just for kids that, like, really don't have any interest or don't, like, turn to any sounds at all. Mm-hmm. You have to, like, really amp it up at first. Um, just just get attention just to like mm-hmm. share attention um, well I can see where your performing background would come into play yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> totally and then like everything they do like is purposeful so like I was seeing a kiddo in daycare and she would always just take off like we'd sort of be near each other and she would just take off to the other side of the room and then I'd go over there and she'd take off to the other side of the room like just do get away from me kind of thing mm-hmm. um or I just don't see you and I'm just, you know, wanting to run around the room. Um, but just like, okay, this is purposeful. Like we just treat everything they do as purposeful. Like this isn't a stim. This isn't like she wants to be by herself. Like I'm going to insert myself in her world and yeah. I'm going to run over there with her. Mm-hmm. And so it'd just be like, every time she'd get up to go, I'd just be like, go, 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 go. And so and then kind of go run over and tickle her. And so like the first mm-hmm. few times, and again, the daycare people thought we were like crazy because <laughs> we're like <laughs> really amping it up. Um, so yeah, but then she'd start looking over her shoulder. We'd get the little glance over the shoulder. And we're like, uh-huh. Like you have mm-hmm. to look out for those subtle cues. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So then it just became, she would run over, but like if we didn't go, she'd be like, hey where are you you know like looking for us like no this is the game like come on <laughs> that's so cute <laughs> that reminds me one of the first like when when logan first started with pax and was like really getting into pax he loves like tickles and like deep pressure that kind of thing and that mm-hmm. was one of the one of the packs that he would give like over and over we had one for tickles <laughs> oh. <laughs> so he, would, he kept doing I want more tickles I want more tickles because that was like really motivating for him to like have that 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 input um that's so cute yeah I mean I think yeah. I, so much of it is just like and I've said this before like just meeting the child where they are and just figuring out like kind of how you were saying before like how to kind of get in their world like what's going to be the connection with them and no matter what kind of therapy you're doing I think if you if you start from there you're going to have a good result yeah totally yeah for sure and then 
I feel yeah. like we talked a lot about Apollo, but how, so how is your older son doing now? Cause he's 10. So that's like, I feel like that's a, a very transitional time for any kiddo. Yeah. So um, he's in third grade. So he went to our public preschool for two years. Then we tried a year of homeschool. Oh, <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah, that did, like, knowing he had autism and everything, and that just did not work out. I mean, okay. there were some good points to it, but it was mm-hmm. like, okay, I need a break from him every day. I would not be able to do it, so I give you credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great when we were traveling. Like, we were great, you know, mm-hmm. but once we came home and then there wasn't the structure, it was it, yeah, it was just rough. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> he's in a... I mean, it's a technically private school, but we get um, loads of financial aid. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> but it's like this very forward-thinking um, school in Western Mass that I had actually studied when I was in college. Um, and like their whole thing, like they came up with the whole responsive classroom idea, which is just like social-based curriculum. Okay. And, um they're just really like into like social justice and like they go out with the kids um, at recess. And I mean, these are mostly neurotypical kids, um, but they oh, go yeah. out with the okay, kids. Okay. So it is like a, a blended environment. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I, there's maybe a couple other kids in the spectrum in the school. I'm okay. not even sure. Gotcha. Um, but they go out to recess with them and like teach them how to play because and then, like, a lot of them are doing the, like, social groups because, as they say, they're like, as it turns out, like, all kids could benefit from social skills. And yeah. all kids could use help on the playground, like, figuring out how to, like, play and be kind. and Yeah. Take turns. Um, yeah. So he's doing really well there. And, like, we'll do little presentations on autism and, like, read a book to the class. And That's he'll so explain, cute. like... <laughs> How it he's like self-advocating him. now yeah he's like and he loves that Apollo has autism and then he loves that I work for a company um he just like is really like kind of wears it with like a badge now like he loves talking about it and like um one that... of his main things is like anxiety okay. so he's like um like so he'll just be like upset that I'm leaving to go to the grocery store and I'm like why are you so upset and he's like but you might die but like if my husband leaves he's fine and so then I was like Theodore (laughs) why are you so upset that you think I'm gonna die if I go to the grocery store but if pop goes to the grocery store like it's just fine and he's like I don't know I can't explain it it's just autism I was like (laughs) (laughs) I mean that is like such a (laughs) <laughs> that makes my heart swell that he's like such a little self-advocate and he like takes such pride in it because it, honestly like it's something that he should wear with honor I love that he's like you know proud of himself and like celebrates the differences with, with himself and his brother too that's so cute yeah and I mean like it's taken a long time I, I didn't even get into the and I won't but <laughs> the struggles of having the two on the spectrum and like the older child who really, really, really hates the sound of anybody crying. Mm, yeah. So having a baby in the house. I mean, this has been like a really long road, um, yeah. but they're sure. now getting along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's interesting since starting the podcast, I've talked to several different parents who have like more than one child on the spectrum. And you said something um, 
in the beginning where you were like the second child is easier were you did you mean like just as as a parent the second child is easier or, or easier in terms of like accepting a diagnosis with a second child yeah I would say like I never like cried over Apollo's diagnosis because really? I was like well maybe a little but like I was just so ready for it mm-hmm. that there wasn't the just like days of sobbing that there was with Theodore that like I think a lot of parents can relate to where you just oh, hear yeah. this word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like I can see where that would definitely be easier. Cause I feel like with, with your first autism is almost like a, a bad word to say, you know what I mean? Like before, before yeah. they have a diagnosis, like it's like, you're so scared to say it, but then yeah. Once you, if you have another child in the spectrum, it's like, you're, you're so comfortable at least with like, I mean, the the word, obviously, but also just like what goes into autism. But it's funny you should say that because so my youngest, she, um, she just turned one. And Mm -hmm. I like kind of how you said, like, you were on high alert, I'm high alert for like any, (laughs) any behavior. And I was like that with my second too. But thankfully with her, it was like, she just did so many things like early on that like kind of eased my mind. And Mm -hmm. now with Layla, like, and she's doing a lot of things that ease my mind too, but there's still like, like, I'm just always like watching out being like, okay, is, is she going to do this next? Is she going to do this? Like you just, you want to mm-hmm. check all those milestones off. Um, so it's interesting to hear you say that. Cause I feel like, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I feel like I, I handled Logan's diagnosis, like as best that I could obviously, but I feel like having, having another child on the spectrum, like I've said it before, but I'm like, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> like, I'm like yeah. <laughs> one time is enough. One time is enough. So ha- like going through it again, I give you so much credit and especially for just like your positive attitude and like how you're saying, like you didn't cry about it. Like, I think that is so like the mindset that if you go into it like that, then it's like, you're, you're going to have a better outcome regardless, because you know, at this point now, you know, autism is not a death sentence. Autism is not the mm-hmm. end of the world. And it's just like really the start of a new one. Well, and like, as my husband has said several times, he's like, what if they're right and we're wrong? Oh, I think about that all the time. I right? think about Logan, I, I see like how loving and sweet and kind and, and just like honest of, of a person he is. Like, even as a nonverbal child, like I, nothing that he does is dis- disingenuous. Everything that he does yeah. is a hundred percent what he wants and and I and other people around him see that and I I hear so often from people that that know him they're like I I'm lucky to know him because it's like he the way that he does things we could all learn so much from him truly yes yeah I know it's like it's not just a like a disorder it's like that's why I don't like the ASD like that it's a disorder I just like want to call it the you know autism spectrum difference because there are so many things that uh-huh that Theodore does because of his autism that make him like really awesome absolutely because mm-hmm. he does speak from his heart he doesn't lie he's like experiments with lying lately but he's just like <laughs> he's so like honest and then like he's gone through so many like he's had so many like social classes that mm-hmm. he is just like he loves meeting new people and like he knows how to ask them questions about themselves and like things they would be interested in. And so like I hear like over and over again, they're like, he just made my day. Like yeah. he is just, you know, like mm-hmm. he's just out there like spreading joy. And I'm like, it's like a lot 
has to do with his having autism. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, just... there's definitely, there's challenges and it's, it's, Oh yeah. As with anything, <laughs> you know, it can be really hard, but it's like there, there really is, there's so much beauty in autism and there's just so many incredible lessons to be learned that had I not had Logan and been, you know, introduced to this whole world, I, I wouldn't have learned these things. And I just like, I'm honestly just so grateful to, to have him and I know that's how you are with your boys I can just tell they sound incredible both of them and I I love too anytime I talk to a parent with more than one child in the spectrum it's like it proves even more so that you know when you know one person with autism you know one person with autism because it's like they're brothers they are you know what I mean like they have Mm -hmm. they, they should have so much in common but it's like they're still so completely different you know yeah, totally. Like, interesting. yeah. And that actually, I asked Theodore because he's so excited that I'm going to be on an autism podcast. Oh, that's he's so like, cute. he's telling everyone. <laughs> but I was like, okay, so what is there like one thing that you want me to say about your autism? Like, what's the one thing you want to say? And that was exactly what he said. He was like, make sure that everybody knows that autism is completely different for every person. I was like, okay, I will let her know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He is so adorable. That's so cute. Well, (laughs) Becca, thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing all your knowledge. I'm, I'm so interested in floor time now. And I think that I was saying this before we started, I feel like it's something that I had like just, just kind of came in my radar in the last like few months or so. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who are not familiar. And I think that it could be a really great option for a lot of people. Because like you said, ABA, it's not right for everybody. And for the ones that maybe it didn't click with, maybe floor time would be would be a good option for them. And thank you for just uh, informing us and, and sharing your wisdom. Yeah. So glad to talk to you. Awesome. All right. Well, you take care. All right. Thanks, Megan. Thanks. Bye. Bye. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. (laughs) I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Rebecca. I had a great time chatting with her and I loved hearing about floor time. I know we talk a lot about ABA on this podcast and obviously I am a huge supporter of ABA. I think it's done amazing things for my son and for many of the the guests that I've had on. Um, But I love hearing about the alternative therapies. I think that it is 
really important to, you know, kind of spread the word about that stuff because we've talked about it before on, on this episode, but other episodes where, you know, there's a lot out there and until you know about it, you can't really do much about it. So <laughs> it's nice to kind of get the word out on these more sort of alternative therapies. And when Rebecca and I, when she had first reached out to me and was talking about floor time, I was like, yes, let's talk about it because you never know somebody listening, maybe ABA was not right for them. I don't think it's right for everyone and maybe floor time is a better fit. So if you are doing a different kind of therapy that you are passionate about or that you are enjoying, let me know because I love hearing about all that stuff. Um, But again, I just want to say thank you to Rebecca for, for sharing her story and for coming on the pod. And if you would like to share your story, you can email me at adventuresinautism2018 at yahoo.com or you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast or on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod. Yes, let me know if you would like to be on the pod, if you just want to say hi, if you want to tell me how much you're enjoying the podcast, if you want to write a review, please do that on Apple Podcast um, or anywhere. Uh, But again, thank you so much for listening and for just being here and following along and supporting the podcast. You guys are truly the best. Um, So that is all for now. And until next time, take care.